Hey, welcome right. to the Connor Bedard podcast here on ConnorBedard.com. Don't forget to Connor Bedard your Connor Bedard, if you will. That's right. You cannot stop it. You cannot. Welcome back to another episode. Oh my God. How many seasons have we done of this? Uh, Too many, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is season eight. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Are you trying to say that is the Pavelski season? It is uh, eight too many, <laughs> if you ask me. <laughs> Yikes. 193. That's all I know. Welcome back to another episode of The Pucknologist, the only unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial-free Sharks podcast. Part of Teal Town USA. Remember, you want to keep us commercial-free, you can use that Super Chat option during these live shows. Better yet, hit us up on Venmo at Teal Town USA. But if you're new to the cast, remember, hit the like, hit the subscribe, man. We're here on YouTube for you. And leave your take in the comment section if you're not with us live. But if you are live, we want to hear from you. In the chat. If you're, oh, oh my God, audio only. Who does that anymore? But it's on your favorite podcast app. So make sure to subscribe. And if you're down with that 24 7 Sharks talk, you can hit up the jerk man at hockey underscore jerk on the Tweety or the XE or whatever it's called now. And that's going to get your Discord invitation sent out. Remember, though, this season, every episode of the Pucknologist, we're giving away prizes. So pay attention. Something we might say could be the answer to a prize question later. Are you telling me there's going to be a secret word? Mm, a safe word, if you will. Who's to say? Who's to say? All right, let's go, man. The Sharks open their season with games against the last two cup champs. So, uh, look, NFL schedulers not doing the Sharks a solid. Let's be honest. Um, I don't agree. Okay, think, whip it out. Uh, well, see, here's the thing. We know the Sharks are going to lose quite a bit this year, so why give any ammunition to the delusions that they're not going to lose a lot of games this year? <laughs> Get it over with early, right? That's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it, here's the thing. If you expect disappointment, you'll never be disappointed. <laughs> oh. So I mean, right. remember, remember two seasons ago when the Sharks started four and zero, and we're like, "Rebuild's over, dude." And mm. then, you know, dude, and, then we... and it's funny you say that, dude, because opening night, I don't know if you were paying attention. I don't know if this was like the pregame or if this is right when the game started. I think it was part of the pregame. The whole the opening night started with up. The rebuild is now just a build. What? Clearly, you've never rebuilt anything before, if that's what you're saying. Give me a break. But, I mean, have you ever known me to watch the Sharks broadcast more than I have to? This is all I'm saying. There you go. I mean, dude, I, f I feel like your uh, Apple Watch has a very specific set of skills when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to timing shit out. Well, so dude, during the during the Vegas game. Second intermission, I switched to the Vegas feed because I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah. No, I feel you. I've been there. So the the beginning of the week, of course, the Sharks, the, the they dropped the roster. We got mm -hmm. to see what was happening. And 
So on Monday, it was 11 defensemen on it. Now, to be foul. McDonald and Shimmick starting on IR. And uh, I'm sorry, what, what's Nikita's last name? Aquatuck. See, it takes everybody at least two tries. So I'm just going to go with Nikita. <laughs> but non-roster, probably going to be sent down at some point. But by my well, math... Oh, go non-ro- ahead. Non-roster means they're injured. And when they're injured, you can't send them down. Yeah, but I'm saying that, you know, once that happens, then... Right. You know, back to the coup Except go. for Couture. <laughs> <laughs> but by my math, uh, that leaves eight defensemen for six spots. You also take into account that Thrun is the only waiver-exempt player of the group. And a question that I had coming into the week was, would you expect Thrun to be sent down early if he doesn't blaze out of the box? And I wrote that down on Wednesday. He was scratched on Saturday. I'm glad that you brought that up because I think there's, you know, you always have to look at precedent when you're considering these kinds of things, right? And you remember, who can remember? Um, you remember the season after the reverse sweep when the Sharks famously missed the playoffs. And <laughs> Chris Tierney Cobra. Made, the NHL, made the NHL roster that year. And he wasn't very good. And he got sent to the Worcester Sharks. And he was down there for, I don't know, six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, something like that. And when he came back, you know, right around the All-Star break, he was the best player on the team to finish the season. So I know we all want Thrun to be in the NHL and to be thriving, but if he does get sent down due to a slow start, I don't think it would be the last we'll see of him this year. Hey, sometimes a little marination is the best thing for you. Well, here's the thing, dude. When you're cooking a steak and you take it off the grill and you cut it open and you say, oh, you know what, it's still a little too pink, too pink, you just put it back on the grill, and then in a couple of minutes it's where you want it. Perfect, perfect analogy as always. Well, you know. That's what we do here. <laughs> the other thing that I was thinking of, though, is like, oh, man, with, with no offensive D-man on the roster, you know, no more Boyle, no more Burns, no more Carlson. Do the Sharks go all forwards during overtime? Well, they proved against Colorado that, no, in fact, they will not. That's fine. And what happened? Anyway. I don't know, man. I, I know that I'm being a little bit of a dick, but it's fine. It's it's still early, man. It's still early. Uh, so the, what you're saying, AJ? <laughs> if I'm if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm understanding, correctly, yeah, whip it out. What you're telling me is what that had a team happened that was is a team that is bad has played bad to start the year. Is that what you're telling me? I, that, that could be it. Might be. Might be. Uh. Another thing that came out this week, of course, is that the Sharks announced that they are going to stay with one captain, two alternates. So Couture, Hurdle, and Ferraro rocking the A's. This is the way. When they had, uh, who was it besides Carlson last season? Uh, Benino. Yeah, I'd say too, too many cooks in the kitchen, as far as I'm concerned. Like three is fine. That's all you need. Uh, but coming into this week, uh, there's some solid. Solid quotes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Quinn saying, our players are well aware of what the hockey world thinks of us and where we're going to finish. And what I will tell you is they kind of scoff at that and think, okay, we'll see. Our players look around and think we can be pretty good. 
I'd say we were better than our record. Now, to be fair, the hockey world thought the Sharks would suck last season, and they were right. So, yes, we shall see. Uh, but to quote some of the great broadcasters of all time, you are what your record says you are. Mike Hoffman said, we have an opportunity to prove some people wrong. So, same as last year. Here's the thing, though. That quote from Mike Hoffman, I don't think that quote is objectively wrong. Yeah, but I feel like every team could say that that's like in the bottom 20. You know what I mean? Oh, no, 100%. You're correct. It's very cliche. Right, but if I say if I were to say, "Hey, you know what? There is a chance that I could, you know, secretly be in San Jose and show up on AJ's camera and smack him in the side of the head." Now, it's extremely <laughs> unlikely, but a lot but of people would like to see it. There's a teeny 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 tiny chance. And <laughs> <laughs> my point in saying that with the Quinn quote with the Hoffman quote is like we're all in agreement. The Sharks are terrible again this year, but I think they're going to hang around more games than they did last year, which we kind of talked about last week and I would we agree. saw in the Colorado game. I mean, the, you know, whatever You're, you dude, you say, tw- didn't you tweet it out? You basically said, you're like, if, you know, if this team can play like this on the regular, yeah, they'd be a playoff team. I don't know that they'd be a playoff team because it goes back to the quote of you guys aren't talented enough to win on talent alone. Sure. But but you know what Herb Brooks also said? (laughs) He said, I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right players. Oh, well, it reminds me of Daryl Sutter. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Um, No, he he was a, he was a coach who famously said, you know, it's not the guys who score a lot of goals. It's the guy. It's the guys who score big goals. Right. Friend of the module. Um, yeah, big time. I, I, you know, I, I, I mean, the thing is, like, just think about it objectively, right? Like, the Sharks were leading most of that game. Like, oh, dude, what was it? 58 and change. Yeah. So, well, okay, uh, I shouldn't I say 58 and change because what it, it took, uh, what, Bordalo like 13 minutes to score? Right. But, and, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't, like I don't think the Sharks are some super super talented team, obviously, but they have talent. Like they do. I think I believe one of the things that we discussed a week ago. I don't remember if it's one of the things we bet on or not, but I believe <laughs> I said the Sharks were going to be better than they were last year. Or if I no, didn't say it, I if I didn't say it, I thought it. But that was a bet we did the previous season. Did right, not work out well for you. Um. No, actually, I think it did because if I recall, actually, you know what? It might have been two years ago because I think the bet was, will the Sharks be worse next year than they were last year? And they were exactly the same. So I think that's technically a push in in the gambling. No, I thought two years ago they did like 77 points and last year they did 60. No, I'm talking about three years ago compared to two years ago. Oh, Christ. How many fucking years are we going back now? (laughs) Well, you know what? See, this is what happens. See? You talk about this is why we've been doing this podcast for too long, bro. I've lost track. Well, we talk about all the time. Like if you want to like track data, track trends and all this kind of stuff, right? Like this is going to be um, season five of the Sharks being terrible. Like (laughs) there's a lot of data here. (laughs) Uh, We got to get to the super chat. Yeah. Thank you so much for the donation. Appreciate that super 
Uh, some people on Reddit say they like this team. It reminds them of the 93-94 team that made the playoffs despite the odds. Thoughts? I don't know that I necessarily agree with that idea, but at the same time, it's not the worst idea I've ever heard. I, You know what? I, I kind of do agree with that a little bit because you think about it. Not a lot of offense there. Mm-hmm. Certainly no superstars, really, to speak of. And I wouldn't say that the... I mean, Couture, Hurdle, absolutely have reputations. They're solid players. I would definitely put them above any anybody on the 93-94 team. But I understand, I think I understand where Mitt is saying is that it's there's not a lot of super talent there, but... If you get a goalie, and we'll get into Blackwood's performance last night in a minute, but you catch a goalie that is making all the saves they need to make, mm-hmm. you get a blue line that is, <laughs> I don't know, not letting in 50 shots a goddamn game, <laughs> trying to limit some of that, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, not a lot of super talent up and down the board, but if they all kind of coalesce, come together, maybe I could. I, I understand where where he's coming from with that comment. I can see that. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs? No, I don't. Uh, I've been proven wrong so many times. But I understand the point. I I can see that. I definitely think talent wise, this team is a little better than ninety three ninety four. But I totally get what Mitty is coming from. You're saying no, though. Well, I don't agree just because it's two games in. Like, we have no idea where things are going to go from here, right? Mm-hmm. And so, again, the reason I say it's not the worst idea ever is because I think if things continue the way that they have these first two games, I'll be a lot more on board with it. But if things get worse, all of a sudden it's not really a it's not a very apt comparison. If things get better, it's really not an apt comparison. Um, the <laughs> well, other thing, ninety three, ninety four, with the Sharks playing like in the Smite division. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Here's the other thing to consider, though, and you just mentioned it that you think the this team is better than the 93-94 team. I would say. Team, Every team in the league is better than their 93-94 counterpart. You know what I mean? I would agree. Like, the... It was a, it was a different game. You know, clutch grab, the, a lot of shit was allowed that is not tolerated today. Right, but what I'm, but what I'm saying is, like, if you're bad, you're bad. Like, bad is bad, right? <laughs> but... We it seems like the last maybe the last five or six years we've seen you know the ceiling that is good raise every year like despite remember, expansion by the way despite expansion despite shorter careers on average despite injuries like we're definitely in an era where what is good there the ceiling is higher. You know, I remember it was nine years ago. Jamie Ben 
won the Art Ross Trophy with 87 points. That was nine uh, years ago. How many did Connor have last year? Like 150? 160, I believe. Jeez. So nine years ago, 87 points wins you the Hart Trophy. Whereas last season, if you had 87 points, there might be 15 guys ahead of you. Good Lord. So good is... You know, it, it's like it's, it's like relative. the debt ceiling where they just raise it every couple of years. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so getting back to the Hoffman quote, you know, we have opportunity to prove some people wrong. Yeah. Okay. But Sharks scored 234 goals last season. 45% of those came from Carlson, Meyer, Couture, and Hurdle. As oh, we know. Huh? I said, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two of those players are gone. One is out with Couture on the IR, missing the opener week to week. Uh, and then, of course, the Sharks lose Granlin for at least a week. So the Sharks start the season essentially missing two of their top three centers. I mean, you talk about starting behind the eight ball. And we talked about this last week with the preview was you don't win the cup in November. But man, you can put yourself in a really bad stretch. And I should also put it out there, too, for the bet, sir. You set the over-under for October at two and a half. You need your boys to go three and four over the next seven with five of those on the road in order to win that bet. Gonna you be, know, going to be tough sledding. But not impossible. To, not impossible. And then to your point, if they can continue the way that they played against Colorado – I think they've got a decent shot at pulling this shit out. Have you heard of something called the law of averages? <laughs> it happens. So, so well, we, let's see if law of averages takes hold this season because certainly last season Murphy's law was all over this. Well, I just think you know, it's it, it's like Father Time, the unbeaten. Yeah, the law of averages always wins, and I'll give you an example. So, I don't remember, I can't recall who it was, but there was a game a week ago in the NFL season, and I was talking about it with Ryan, you know Ryan, Sure. and he was like, oh dude, I think this team's going to win, da 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 da. Are we talking also, Hawaiian Ryan? Yes. <laughs> and, um, and I said, I'm like, I don't remember what team we were talking about, but I said, dude, this team is 0-4, doesn't matter how shitty they are. The law of averages says they're not going 0-5. And, and they won. You know? Okay. That had to have been like the Bears, the Jets. Like, there's only a handful of teams. Right. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, like, why I'm so confident in saying that the Sharks can win three out of nine games <laughs> is that the law of averages is going to give them at least two. The law of averages almost gave them one last night. You know what I'm That's, saying? Like, <laughs> well, but 50 shots on goal. I mean... What, yeah, law the of defense averages. was. Yeah, like if your name was not Matt Benning, you got a lot to work on. <sighs> but I mean, dude, Carolina and Boston, you know, two teams that are definitely eyeballing the playoffs. And uh, I don't know, dude. Carolina's getting pumped right now by the Ducks. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm telling. It's, it's law of averages. <laughs> it's definitely been an interesting start. Who on their scoreboard on your bingo card? had Vancouver completely bending over the Oilers in two straight. I was going to say, yeah, twice. I did, see, I did see a tweet that was, or a, 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 a zeet, a jeet, an oh, exit, whatever nobody, you're calling it. Nobody cares. An ex-post. Um, 
it was like it was supposed to be like a tweet, you know, tweet from the future, right? And it was going to be like, remember when the 2024 Stanley Cup champion lost their first game of the season 8 to 1? <laughs> so <laughs> it, no, it happens. But I certainly didn't have Vancouver completely bending over Edmonton in game 1 of the season. That No, I didn't either. That was something something to write home about dude and it just kept coming <laughs> i mean holy crap was that a game oh man all right let's uh real quick let's get to a couple highlights from both of these games uh van or vancouver i got vancouver on the brain now vegas uh you know kakinen starts i'm gonna ask you this right now dude so ask sh- it. should the sharks uh obviously you start with kakinen and i would say that they're a uh, decent amount of folks who could say they could at least try to make the point debate that Kakinen had the better preseason mm-hmm. than Blackwood. But then, sure. of course, I would also go into say preseason means fuck all. Yeah, I think it's somewhere in the middle, right? Like you, you want to have a good preseason because. If you don't have a good preseason, then it's like, what have you been doing all summer? Yeah. But or it's going to be welcome time, to the CUDA. Right. But at the same time, if you do have a good preseason and it's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. If you do have a good preseason, like you're, you, that's not it. Right. You, you've not, <laughs> that's not it. You know, you, you, you've not like done your job. Right. Like you've earned the job. <laughs> and so, yeah. I mean, Clearly, we saw, I think, comparing the Vegas game to the Colorado game, you're right. Preseason doesn't really mean anything. And even though, despite what the stats might tell you, I thought Kakinen had a good game on Thursday, that would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he had a good game, but, I mean, clearly not good enough. You know, the Golden Knights, they just swarmed him. You know what I mean? And and, and, and who's to say that they weren't a little, uh, you know fired up from dropping to in the preseason to San Jose, including a shutout. Right. And I just think you, you know, you have to, especially with where this team is, right. You have to expect that you're going to get swarmed on a nightly basis. And it's, how do you respond to that? And I think you can find the answer to that question by looking at Blackwood's uh, play on Saturday. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he, as you pointed out, 51 saves he made, he was completely swarmed and, I thought he looked damn good. Dude, I I don't know what Pilates class he's taking, but I want to take it. Well, you know, he he does, you know, I don't know if you remember when the NHL had vaccine mandates, but he is really good at staying away from shots. So it's, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That shit happens. (laughs) Uh, But the, um, the, the one thing, though, watching this, the, the Vegas game. Kakinen, it seemed like every shot came in on his left side. Or every, you should say, every goal. Sure. Needs to work on that left side, work on that glove hand to scotch. Um, and it, it I, dude, first half of the game, the, like the Sharks were in it. And then yeah. it was like they just, like 38 minutes in or whatever it was, like they just brain farted for 90 seconds. And then it was like, okay, fuck, we're down 2 nothing or 2 1, and it's, or 2 nothing, whatever the hell it was. I don't even care. The the the, the, the sharks did not score first in that one, right? Against Vegas, no, no, they didn't. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. So 
but either way, like I felt like the Sharks, even down one nothing, I'm like, okay, they got a chance. They could, you know, maybe tie this up or whatever. And then those two quickies, and I'm like, ah, shit. And then post game, you have Hurdle saying, we were too cute. We were looking for the, you know, the fancy play or whatever. And I'm like, did you guys not learn from last season? Because I heard that fucking excuse 82 times. <laughs> well, and and that's a you know I'm I'm glad that there was a self awareness there because that was my exact ob- observation. Right? Is just there's not a lot of and I, I hate the cliche of meat and potatoes. I hate that cliche, but <laughs> there wasn't a lot of that. Right? It was like okay, we're down by you know it's three to one. Like you know we got to do some razzle dazzle to try and get back into this thing. Right. And I think one way that you can kind of look and you can see where that didn't work for you is like the guys that the sharks needed to be doing things like didn't. Right. Mm -hmm. Like not a lot of shots on goal for the sharks. 23 when the sharks historically, even when they've been terrible, put a lot of shots on the net and you know, so I think in the Colorado game, I think they simplified things a lot more, which was nice. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it can't just be, that can't be something that you have to adjust to, right? You shouldn't be adjusting to simple, you know, you should start simple. And then if the other, and then if the other team is going to give you stuff, then you take it, you know what I mean? And I'm trying to look at, I'm trying to pull up the stats here right now just to see, um, cause you mentioned the shots, um, well, that, that was, Capo Kakinen faced dude, against if you, the Vegas. Yeah, dude, if you go and look, it's like every goal came in on the left side and Kakinen's left. Yeah. Ka- yeah. Yeah. So he's facing out. Yeah. Coming out on his left-hand side and like, it seemed like his blocker side was fine for whatever reason, glove side, it just, it, it wasn't working out for him. The other thing, of course, being, uh, and and again, this goes back to the idea of after one game, I'm going, oh, Christ, does this sound a lot like last year, was Hurdle admitting we were too cute. And, and definitely, I, I think we can all agree that Hurdle is kind of absorbing the C while Couture is out, so he's going to answer the bell. But Fair. admitting they were too cute, looking for perfect plays, which again is something that this team has been doing for the last couple of years, which again... You're not talented enough to do that. So I hear that and it just it makes me want to pull my hair out. And <laughs> and to your point, you know, uh so the Golden Knights they had four goals. Um they had four and, goals against the Sharks. Three of them were in the faceoff circle to Kakinen's left. See, that's what I'm saying. And the one for, the one but the one from Amadio was on the right side, but it was also in the faceoff circle. So you're allowing a goal, a lot of goals that are in tight, you know? And the Sharks, again, last season, the second period was their undoing, I don't know how many times, and against Vegas. Allowed one in the first, allowed two in the second, allowed one in the third. Yeah. So, again, the second period, something that you need to lock down. Uh, and then to, to kind of put a bow on that one, uh, I can't remember the last time this happened, but it was reported that the team was essentially booed off the ice at the end of the game. Maybe that's yeah. what it's going to take. I don't know. Uh, we'll move on to the Colorado game. 
and and over these two games, and this is something that we lamented, I don't know how much last year, over two games, dude, 0 for 6 on the power play, 6 for 6 on the PK, you know, and, and remember that included 27 seconds of five on three, but it also included a full two minute power play on overtime that you couldn't bury one. Right. So it's like, well, there's good and bad, but either way, this goes back to the whole thing of like, is this team talented enough? <laughs> Dude, they're, they're rolling five forwards on the power play. What does right. that tell you? <laughs> that tells me that that tells me that you're doing everything you can to score. Yeah, you would think. But also, interesting uh, line changes uh, between the first and the second game. Like, I don't understand how Duclair is starting the first game on the third line, but then gets bumped up to the top line in the second game. I mean, obviously, you're going to get rewarded for performing better, but I like to me, I'm like, how is Duclair not in the top six to start? Well... Cause that dude, Chief has some fucking wheels, man. He's got, especially against Colorado, he had some jump, dude. And and he, I liked how physical he was too. And the th- it's kind of like we talked about it. I believe it was last week where you asked me how do the Sharks line up, and I told you I can't answer that question because there's too many forwards that are exactly the same. So you're going to see a lot of tinkering. And that's exactly what we've seen up to this point. Like normally you might like in a, (laughs) with the exception of the fourth line, (laughs) right? Which I thought the fourth line has played really well. So that didn't surprise me all that much. I I don't, ah, how many times did I kind of, well, I didn't go too hard, but I remember last season, Zetterlin, not somebody I was given a whole lot of props to. Dude, through two games for what's being asked of him, I like what Zetterlin's doing so far. It's almost as if somebody could have told you that was going to (laughs) happen. Did he? Wonder who that would have been. <laughs> but, you know, the thing that I noticed is, and we talked about it too, like, not that Giovanni Smith is necessarily a bad player, but it was kind of like, I don't know that I would play him over some of the guys that are sitting. Well, But dude, even him, I thought he played really well the two games. Like, same I, I, thing as Duclair, but in a different role. Like, he just played with jump, you know, which I really liked. Uh I will totally agree with that, but is he supposed to be the next iteration of a Gadge or a VL? Um, that's hard to say because I do think I do think he's a bit of a better skater than those other two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also scored in the NHL before, oh. um, which I, that's not a slight. That's literally the truth. Uh-huh. Um. You know, so it, I it, I can't say. I mean, what he's done, like I said, I've, you know, I've liked what he's brought so far. I thought, in like you said with Zetterlin, like the role that he's been slotted in, I've been a big fan. You know, he's, you know, he, he's kind of the guy who's always, you know, by the time he gets the puck, it's time to dump it in and go change, which I understand. But I've noticed a lot of his dump ins are on net, which I really like because mm-hmm. then you kind of get the goalie. Maybe you can get him rattled a little bit. And he just plays with jump, which I really enjoy. What did you think about Kinezhov's game getting that look in over Thrun? Because I thought Kinezhov totally made the most of that opportunity. Yeah, I thought so too. I I think it's, like I said, I don't think it says anything about Thrun as much as it says about Kinezhov, right? I mean, how much, and we talked about it so much last year, the amount of just adversity that Kinezhov has battled through 
you know, over the last two years and then to come in and, you know, he's not like blowing the world up or anything like he's not a superstar defenseman, but he's playing extremely well for what's asked of him after coming off of two consecutive injuries that kept him out for almost two seasons. So, well, dude, and then I was a big fan. And I think, you know, dude, against Colorado a couple of times, he was leading the rush. Right. Well, and, you know, with with uh, with Vlasic's health kind of up in the air. You know, I, I, I think Kanijov, at the very least, he's bought himself some more time in the lineup. It's so you know? funny you bring that up because that's what I was about to mention where it's like, look, I don't I don't wish injury on anybody. But I'm like, if Vlasic needs to stay out a week or so to get to get right. And that gives you an extended look with Kanijov and Ruta and maybe Thrun and Benning or flip flop those however you want. Like, I don't mind getting that extended look. Dude, okay, you said it, so I'm gonna comment on it. <laughs> how much, how much have you liked Jan Ruta so far? It, there's been one or two plays where I was just kind of like, oh, not the biggest fan of that. But overall, I haven't had much of a problem with his game, and I chalk that up to, hey, new team, new system. Let's talk about him after ten games. I just think what we've but seen so far. Like, I, I think he's brought more good than bad. Yeah. Like, I just think he's such a cerebral player, you know? Yeah. Like, he's so smart. Like, he he knows where to be, and he knows what to do. Like, like, like you know, that uh, he's I a believe it was. a big boy, too. I believe it was in the second period. He pulled that puck off the goal line, right? And. Oh, uh, was that Ruda? I thought that was Benning. Oh, you're right. That was Benning. Ruta stopped a puck from going into an open net. Yeah, but um, it was Benning. But, yeah, fishing it out and hitting it into Burrow's skate. <laughs> right. But I just the way he's just such a cerebral player. You know, he's just he's smart. He knows where he needs to be. You know, which I really like. And like you said, I'm in agreement with you. Like you don't you don't want to see anybody hurt. Of course not. But you know, with Vlasic, like however however it happened, the bottom line is that Vlasic is out of the lineup. So Kanijov getting a chance to stay. Thrun getting a chance to come back in. You know, like make it super fucking difficult on Quinn to make this decision. Yeah. Like, especially you you mentioned it at the top of the show. Like the Sharks are carrying eight healthy defensemen right now. And well, seven healthy defensemen plus Vlasic. And you mentioned that Thrun is the only one that can go to the NA, uh, AHL without waivers. If I'm Thrun, I am playing so well that <laughs> that big money Mike is like, we cannot send this guy down. Yeah. Like, we would rather push Shimmick on waivers well, than have this guy not play for us. <laughs> and, and Hello. That would not be the worst thing in the world. Who who was it last season? Well, oh, it was Gregor, right? We are just like, I dare you, scratch me towards the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I dare you to scratch them. That's know? where we and need to be, man. And you need to, you need to play with that kind of, that sort of go fuck yourself attitude. You know what I mean? Especially, you know, you. I mean, Thrun is twenty two, uh, Kanijov is twenty five. Like they're on the younger side. You know, you, <clears throat> you're as a young defenseman, like you're disadvantaged just by virtue of your age. And then also coming into a lineup that has a lot of bodies. Like you need, you need to say Vlasic, I love you, but get out of the way. Ruta, you're awesome. Get out of my way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I know Spanish that, Archer, my brother. Well, and you know what? I know that, um, 
you know, you, you know, we, I feel like we've had a million and one debates about defensemen that have played for the Sharks, right? But you remember, I'm sure you do, like when Matt Carl came into the NHL, right? Like when Matt Carl made his uh, NHL debut with the Sharks, he played so well that it's like, or early I'm, on, but he he had some brain farts. He's well, who he, doesn't? Oh. Yeah, but I will say that's that's definitely a player that I thought the Sharks had learned from beforehand. That I, for me, just my personal opinion, Carl was thrown into the deep end too quickly. They're like, we're gonna have you power play the or uh, quarterback the top number one power play. You're gonna do this, 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 and he was just like, whoa, 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 dude! I don't even have my skates fitted correctly yet. Calm the fuck down. See, and I don't agree. I think it's the opposite. I think Matt Carl flourished right away, and then when there was the inevitable speed wobble, he was just given up on. You know, you uh, see, I think it. I think it's the opposite. But I can see my, that as well. My point being is that Matt Carl came in, played really well for the Sharks, and it was like, hey, you know what, Scott Hannon, we really love you, but this Matt Carl guy is kind of crushing it right now. So you're done here. Yeah. And don't well, ever especially. Come back. Yeah, and I was gonna did. say, especially from a an offensive. <laughs> point of view uh the right the other thing that should be noted with the colorado game besides uh blackwood stopping 51 i mean jesus christ um vlasic going out with the lbi early right around bortolo's goal so basically the sharks you have to give them stick taps for playing that colorado game with i mean basically almost 50 minutes of having to rotate 5D. And so the fact that they were able to do that, not to mention two penalty kills in the first period. So there was a lot, like those lines needed to get switched and flopped very fast, very early. Then, of course, everybody caught their breath when Bortolo needed help getting off the ice after getting checked into an open gate. Mm. And dude, for a little, Bortolo is not a big guy. Mm-mm. And he only missed a shift and was able to come back from that. So, and then, and you looked at it, dude, after the first two periods, Colorado dominated everywhere. It was like offensive zone time, face offs, like literally every number except the scoreboard. And it took Colorado pulling their goalie to tie it. And then again, Blackwood, dude, this dude is huge. Did you see some of the extension on those saves? Yeah. I mean, they were ridiculous. Like he Chief had so much extension. I wanted to give him an extension on his contract. Yeah. Like, holy fuck, dude. That was just amazing. But the thing that kind of irks me overtime starters, Duclair, Sturm, and Kinejov. Certainly interesting. It, it's a choice. <laughs> I, I I don't know that I was that thrilled with that. Then following it up with Bordalo, Eklund, and Ruta. I think that one's fine. Like that one I don't have too much of a problem with. But declare Sturm and Kinesia, so I was just kind of like, hmm. Why Sturm? Well, I think with Sturm you want someone to win the faceoff, maybe. I think it's win the faceoff and and I honestly I felt like they were basically kind of saying we need some defensive awareness. Sure. That's fair. Um I didn't like Hurdle's positioning on the overtime power play. He, I didn't feel like he was getting in the goalie's eyes at all. I felt like he was like trying to get to the side 
and maybe look for the, 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 the shot pass or something. But I just feel like, I don't know. I, I, I didn't like hurdles positioning in any of that, but to top it all off, dude, the shootout shooters, you started with Barabanov. I, Hey dude, we're on record. I loves me some Barbie. Is that the guy that I'm going to, to shoot first in a shootout? I don't think so. No, I mean, I just think whatever your thoughts are on a player, right? Like, you you always should be going with your shooters. Like, Duclair is a guy I would have started with. I mean, actually, with how much jump he played with in the first two games so far, like, how do you not start with Zadina, right? Yeah. How and, do you and, not start and, with Eklund, who is very creative? Well, and Zadina, I mean, is there anybody who has more to prove on this team? Right. And he almost had another goal. He almost had another goal last night. Yeah. And, and, you know, you think back, I know, you know, I know he's a real good friend of yours, but like whenever you watch a Sharks game of years past and it's in the shootout and you see Joe Thornton come down, it's like, well, <laughs> what, what are we doing here? What's the yeah, play? Yeah. He's my buddy. We hang out. We're going to have lunch tomorrow. <laughs> but it's like, you know, like a player like Joe Thornton, very good player, very skilled, but it's like, you don't shoot the puck. Why are you in the shootout? You know? Yeah. And so bear about a, then going to Eklund, which I was just like, Fine, no problems. He's crafty. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, the the thing I didn't like is that he, he, you know, it's there are guys that for whatever reason do the whole roller coaster wrap around where they take ten minutes to get to the fucking net from the blue mm-hmm. line. That drives me batshit in, insane. I understand that they're trying to get the goalie out of position, maybe maybe lull him to sleep from boredom. It's it's fucking annoying, and from what I've seen, it it doesn't work very often. I, the guys who come in with a head of steam and their ass on fire, it seems like those work way more. But Eklund, I was like, dude, you're more creative than this. And well, after going with Eklund, then they go with Hoffman, and I'm like, really? <laughs> like, over, as Ruben is saying, how do you put in... Hoffman in the shootout over Bordalo or, well, espe- you know, over Zadina. Well, especially if you notice too, on the shark shootout attempts last night, all three of them, they, as you pointed out, they sort of do the, you know, the sort of the S formation, you know, one side, the other side doing all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and, it gets to a situation where the open the open side of the net is the other side of your ice of the ice that you're on. So you either try and fire it that way, which only a small number of shooters can even do that, or you have to then move to the complete other side. And by that time, the goalie pokes it away. It rolls off your stick. You run into the goalie. So I'm definitely more of a proponent of just going straight onto the goalie mm-hmm. and maybe try and do a cut at the last second. Yep. Or if you are going to do that S formation. You got to be like a crazy, stupid shooter that can just pick the corners. You oh, know? dude, you got to be like ready to do like a pirouette halfway going through. Right. <laughs> uh, Trey asking in the chat, what's the thoughts on all forwards on the power play? I kind of like it. Well, I the, it's goals not that win I, games, baby. <laughs> goals win games. But my whole thing is it's a tacit admission of how little offensive skill there is on the blue line. See, and that's what I would say to that. I would agree with you if good teams weren't doing the same thing. That's hey, goals win games, baby. 
<laughs> Feels great, baby. Uh, so at this point, do you think that? No, dude, the Sharks are not making the playoffs. No, no, no. My no. My question to you is: Do you think? Um, and I and, and I get it. Two games. Yes. And uh, if I'm Quinn, I am starting Blackwood the next two games. Ooh. Do you think that Blackwood rides the hot hand? Does he sit there and go, no, we have it written down that it's going to be, you know, switch, 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 despite what happens? Like, I'm sorry, to me, with Blackwood standing on his head the way he did, if anything, I'm calling out the the guys in front of him saying, you allowed 51 fucking shots. You can't fucking do that. You all need to buy this guy dinner for the rest of the season after that fucking performance. I, to me, I, dude, Blackwood starts the next two games. He certainly earned the start on Tuesday. And I, I don't disagree with you. I think he's definitely earned the start on Tuesday. And now but... say, say, say Blackwood gets that start. And the Sharks come out with a you know a three one win. Mm-hmm. How do you not give them the start after that? Because you, I mean, look, every sports guy is superstitious. They're not a little yeah. stitious. They're superstitious. So how do you not go with the hot hand? Well, the, here's the counterpoint to that is with Capo Kakinen. I mean, there's a lot riding on Who? the line. Like he's he he is still in. Like, he's still a candidate to be goalie of the future, right? He is a pending unrestricted free agent. Like, you... Is Blackwood here for two seasons? Yeah, so this okay. year and next year. All right. And with Capo Kakinen, I kind of think you have to go with him on Tuesday just because you want to see, okay, because... He, he you want to see the, you want to see the response? Yeah. You, you started well on Thursday, and you fell apart. Can you play well all the way through? Because... It one game, it, like we could see, you know, Tuesday uh, against the Hurricanes and then Thursday against the Bruins, we could see the opposite. Capo Kakinen could get a shutout, and Blackwood is getting run out of the arena in the first period. You know what I mean? Like, sure. there's not a there's not a big enough sample size, in my opinion, to decide who the hot hand is. If that makes sense. No, I get that, but I mean, you've got two pretty big fucking teams coming into the tank this week in Carolina and Boston. Ryan saying. Blackwood gets the next game, sits the one after, I think, but it depends on which teams the Sharks play next. Carolina and Boston, these are teams that, uh, well, uh, did you say that uh, Carolina was getting run out of the building by Anaheim? Um, Yeah, at last check they were. Why has that changed? <laughs> well, no, I don't know. It's But, I mean, look, every team shits the bed, and somehow if you're the Oilers, you shit it twice in a row. Hey, you know what? I, <laughs> I don't mean... know how that fucking happened, but whatever. Hey, it, you know things happen. Yeah, the Ducks are currently winning four to two. Oh, and here's here's something to chew on. How, how much I, time is left in that, by the way? Uh, fifteen minutes left in the third. He, here's some. I'm gonna give you something to chew on here. Oh, okay. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so, Carolina Hurricanes, who are the Sharks' next opponent? They play on Tuesday. Sure. Tonight, Ducks. Granted, it is four to two Anaheim right now. The Ducks were up. I believe it was four to one or four to zero at one point. So, not so great, right? But let's look at last night as well. K- 
Carolina had three three-goal leads that they squandered to the LA Kings and had to win in the shootout. So To be you, fair, uh, didn't LA get embarrassed in their first game? They did, but the point I'm trying to make is that you come play the LA Kings, you squander three three-goal leads, and you still get the win, but you squandered three three-goal leads. Then the next night, you're playing Anaheim, one of the worst teams in the salary cap era history, and you're getting <laughs> pumped by them. Projected you, to be you know, fighting with the Sharks for the last place. Right. So when the Hurricanes come in on Tuesday, and you have a win, they're coming off of a win that was incredibly frustrating, and then potentially a loss that was embarrassing, like... How do we like? I'm expecting Carolina to pummel the shit out of the Sharks on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the Sharks last season were one in six in shootouts. Right now, zero and one this season. Uh, Still on pace to do better, <laughs> right? Uh, but the, yeah, this is totally again. It, it felt like a tale of two games: hard work beat talent when talent didn't work hard. And uh, I'm not saying the Avs weren't working because there were there were definitely some times there. There was also some questionable officiating in this game, but I'm not going to go into that. Um, but it definitely felt like in that game against Colorado, the Sharks were starting to embrace the idea of you are not talented enough to win on talent alone. Deal with it. But Sharks take one of four possible points this week. So at this point, I will say... I know it's just two games, but uh, this is something we do. Hero and zero, baby. Who's your hero for the two games? So, okay, hero. So, this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be a stretch, and oh, it's oh get, I love these. It's gonna get some eyebrows raised, I think. Uh, are you going with Tara Sloan? So Scott Hannon? <laughs> no, I, dude. I already told you. Cur- I don't Curtis that. Brown I, for not I being on the want- cast anymore. I don't want no, they need to fire the other guy. Um, I don't watch that show. So anyway, <laughs> and this is gonna get some some eyebrows are gonna raise, but I think when I explain myself, you'll see where I'm coming from. Whip it up. Hero of the week, and this is largely to not take your thunder. Luke Cunning. Now let me let me I okay. Let, no, let me, it's a choice. It is a choice. Let me let me explain this. So one of the things that I noticed about Luke Cunning last year was he was playing in high in the lineup. He was on the top line. He was on the second line. He was on the second power play unit. And I personally didn't feel like he, you know, put himself into a position to do a whole lot offensively. It kind of seemed like he was just there. Sure. And this year, and granted, it's been two games. I feel like Luke Cunning has always been in the right position for a scoring chance. He's caught a lot of really good passes. He's put a lot of shots on the net. He's generating offense. The asterisk to that is he has not scored because that's not really... That's not his game. (laughs) That's not his game. And the point I'm trying to make is that there is a difference between playing bad and being bad. Cunnan is not a goal scorer, but I think he's playing well versus last year. He was still not a goal scorer and he was playing poorly. And so maybe hero is a bit of a strong word to use there. Maybe, you know, maybe unsung hero is a better way to put it, you know, where it's like 
you know, it's easy to look at him and say, hey, you know what? You're coming off a season-ending injury. You're uh, you got a contract year coming up. Like, you need to make the most of your opportunity. And he's gotten chances. As I said, none of them have gone in, but he's had a lot of really good chances. And law of averages says it's going to go in at some point. Would you like to have oh. a wager, my friend? Uh, on what? There, the Sharks play three games this week. Do, do we not uh, already have a wager on that? But go ahead. The Sharks play three games this week. I've sure. got a five. I've got a fiver that Conan has over point five goals. Uh, I don't. I don't know that I want to play the goal. Uh, uh, I'll. I'll put points at uh, two and a half. That no. See, because then you're just you're stacking the odds in your favor. That's that's what the house does. <laughs> uh, hold on. Okay, crisp. Crispy Finn, uh, we're just going to say a goal. If Cunning gets a goal, I owe you a Crispy Finn. Sure, that's fine. I, I like again. I is that fair? I think that's absolutely fair. Okay, I, right. I, Jot it down, dude. Put it on the sheet. Put it on the sheet. Put it on the sheet. The sheet. The sheet. Hold the <laughs> sheet. Uh, so. so, all right, Cunning, solid uh, choice. I mean, I I had it down that I I totally thought you're going going with Zadina. Only because I follow you on Twitter. So, <laughs> well, I didn't want to steal your thunder because uh, I know that's your guy. No, no, not at all. I just put it down like obvious choices. Sure, fair. Uh, but also because I follow you on Twitter. Um, no, my <laughs> dude, there's no way in hell I my hero is not Blackwood. Dude, fair. you you say fifty one in a game, you keep your team in in it the entire time. Uh, I mean, nobody could ever hang that loss on Blackwood. Right. You don't give up 51 fucking shots on goal. You just don't do that. And the fact that he kept you in it for that entire time, Jesus Christ. So, no, Blackwood, absolutely hero. Uh, zero on the week. <laughs> uh, you know, like, for me, the sexy pick is kind of cackin'. It's like, dude, 875. Not great. One game, though. Uh, exactly. Well, one game also you point to the team that's in front of them, <laughs> you know, like, allowed a lot of, you know, mm, not so great things. So that's why I'm going to go with uh, my zero for the week is Thrun. You, sure. you had your opportunity and you got scratched the next game. And that's not to say that Thrun is a bust, you know, he's not the, the, the next Petrecki or, you know, insert second round defensive pick here. He's not that guy. But, You're not that guy, pal. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> but I mean, you know, Chief, we were all rubbing one out after the first preseason game when he potted two, had an assist, like just, oh my God, this guy is like the reincarnation of Eric Carlson's ghost. Like everybody was losing their shit after that first game. And so there was, uh, you know, the bar was pretty high with on, you know, on Thrun coming into game one and then he played himself out of a spot. So Thrun is my zero for the week. That's not to say that he doesn't turn that shit right the fuck around next week and is a hero next week. So solid point. And I, I do want to mention just formally for record-keeping purposes, I think we're in agreement. Zetterland is an honorable mention for hero of the week. Absolutely. Um, my zero, and I, I, dude, you know that I hate to do it. I hate to do it so much, 
What, you're going to give it to Quinn? Mario Ferraro. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Dude. Ferraro did not have a have a great week. It's just because, honestly, like, I'm just, like, some of the decision-making I I'm... I'm curious about, and I know, yeah. I know it's it's easy to criticize the game when you're sitting and watching it on TV, and you can say it, see everything, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, does Jules think that Cunning is also going to get a goal? That's fine. Yes. Um. All right. I famously have always liked Jules. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we love Jules. Uh, like the 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 decision making is just it's it's curious, and the urgency I've seen in the wrong places. Like uh, there were a handful of times where it was like, okay, the puck is on Mario's stick and this is where you hold it for a second or two or three, you see what develops and then you go from there. And there were a couple times where it seemed like the puck was on Ferraro's stick and off of it, like before you could even blink your eyes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know, and he's also got the, the worst, Plus minus on the team so far, and it is only two games. I understand that. Sure. I do. I do also understand that your defenseman who plays the most minutes is probably going to have the worst plus minus, and I understand that. But counterpoint, Jan Ruta is playing a minute less than Mario Ferraro, and he's an even player. So I know. Some to chew on. You know what? I almost want to throw out a bet on. Does, <laughs> What's that? Does Kevin LeBanc get one game this week? You know, at this at this point, I don't think I don't think LeBanc is gonna get a game unless somebody gets injured. I was gonna say, dude, that's the, I'm like going, well, fuck, Couture's out, Granlin's out, Vlasic's out, like shit. If it keeps going this way, like he just might be like, oh, okay, last body standing. Let me let me paint a picture. <laughs> let me paint a picture for you. Let me paint a picture. Oh, for and you. even Phipps in the chat saying, "How is Quinn?" Uh, or hero is Quinn for not playing LeBanc. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> here okay, here, here I'm gonna paint a picture. Oh, oh, I should I should remind everybody, uh if you're new here, everything hey, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button. We have a fun time here every Sunday night, seven o'clock Pacific. So if you're new here, do us a favor. Hit that subscribe button, please. You don't have to hit the notification bell. It lets you know when we go live, but subscribe, we would certainly appreciate it. You can follow us on the Twitter at Teal Town USA. Go ahead, Ben. So I'm going to paint a picture for you. Yeah, paint it, buddy. So the first game of the season, Thursday against the Golden Knights, as you pointed out, Mikhail Granlin gets injured. Yes. And so then here we go Friday night, Saturday morning. Uh, Friday night, Saturday morning. The the brain trust, excuse me, the brain trust is coming together and saying, okay, we're down a forward. What do we do? Well, we have Kevin LeBanc who despite everything that can be said about him, it does have some skill to him. Um, you know, so they say. We, we, we lost a top nine forward. We have a top nine forward that's kind of sitting in the wings. Let's throw him in there and, and let's get it happening. And Mike Greer said, you know, that's a solid idea, but we're not going to do that. We're going to call up a guy from the AHL that played last night <laughs> and he's going to play again. <laughs> Dude, how many games did Gushkin play at the end of last season? <laughs> like five straight? That's what I'm saying. Like <gasps> what what Quinn said about well, you know, LeBanc had a late start to training camp and he's a bit behind the rest of the guys. Even if that is lip service, it sounds believable, right? <sighs> sounds believable. Yeah. And so you take him at you take him at his word. But then 
there's an there's a golden opportunity. Like you are first in line at the DMV, and they say no. You know what? Um, the guy in the back of the line who just got here, we're gonna move him to the front just because we like him more. <sighs> like it, it's to me that tells you everything you need to know about what people are saying about Kevin LeBanc. Or well, not what they're saying, so I'm sorry, what they're thinking. And you, you think about it, it's like, this is the guy who took a million dollar deal for a year to make everything fit into the cap with the promise that Wilson gave him that says, don't worry, Chief, I got you. And then turned around and overpaid his ass for four seasons. I just... Oh. Again, this is... Uh, dude, all the stick taps and kudos to the world for Doug Wilson for what he accomplished for such a long time, so much consistency. But man, those last five years, I think a lot of people can question some of the choices he made, whether it was uh, to, you know, breaking his rule of signing anybody longer than five years when he decided to open Ooh. up the, uh, <laughs> the term. I hate that talking point. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Still, but if it was running so well for so long and you went and changed it. Now, I granted you it went for that long and had a good amount of success. And maybe he decided to say, you know what? Maybe the reason why I haven't gotten the big shiny thing is because I haven't opened up the term wallet and the purse with all the big money. Maybe that is the key. But holy hell. Dude, I'm I'm sorry, dude. There are guys, Burns earned his bag. I don't know that LeBanc earned that bag. Here, here, I'm gonna say this: If Doug Wilson doesn't do what you're talking about, right? Uh, you know, bending his personal policy of term limits, the Sharks missed the playoffs a couple years earlier, and they still have yet they still won't make it back. Like I know. You know, like we talked about last week, as soon as that 2-9 flips to a 3-0, everybody poops their pants about a player being terrible all of a sudden. But you know what? Like, and, and all That's 30... not what I have a problem on. No, I know. But what I'm saying is all 31 other teams in the NHL, they're going to tell you the exact same thing. We are a good team. We want to keep our good players. Whether or not we like it, this is the game we have to play. And if the Sharks don't play that game... You probably don't go to the Cup Final in 2016. You probably don't go to the Western Conference Final in 2019. I, and yeah, but I, 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 I want to get this back on on the focus of LeBanc. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is that at the time, now obviously hindsight has showed us that it was a completely stupid gamble to make. But at the time, you know, maybe you could, you know, maybe you could kind of get a lower term. I think, but. Not the worst gamble ever. I mean, on the LeBanc thing. On LeBanc, yeah. He two seasons prior to the extension, he'd had a really good year, and then the year before, a little bit plagued by injuries while still having a but, decent year. Yeah, but see, I'm I'm going to be the guy that sits there and goes, you know what? I feel like Wilson overpaid because it was okay. You ate the million dollar deal mm -hmm. to to help us out, but then everybody points to you. With the four assists in game seven. Right. You know, like everybody's going to just, you know, rub that one out all day. And Jules coming in. Here's the question. Are they going to trade Banker? You would have to think Banker is going to ask out. That's the thing. I don't know 
that they're actively looking to move him, especially if the injuries keep piling up. But this is, you know, this is the last season. Like, if they're not actively trying to move him just because he's going to be F.A., right? And you want to, because we talked about this on the season preview last week, is you look at Cap Friendly. All of the players that Greer signed, they're all one, two-year deals. Like, it's very clear what the plan is. It's, it's you know, it, it's put the Band-Aid on the mortal wound for a couple seasons, and then, you know, by the time of, like, 25-26, then, you know, it's like, then Smith is up here. You know, Eklund's had a couple seasons. Boards has a couple seasons. Smith should be up here for a season. Musty, Thrun, like that is the next wave. They'll all be there, and then you know, and then everybody can bitch and moan and saying, "Why the fuck is Hurdle and Couture still here?" <laughs> <laughs> I just think you know, Jules, Jules, Jules. You know, I like. I'm surprised. I'm surprised LeBanc wasn't traded last year. Right, I mean, so he, I think it's because of his contract. But see, I I don't know that I necessarily agree with that because if well, you, you don't recall, have to. That's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> if you re, if you recall, we did an entire, you know, we did an entire like PhD dissertation <laughs> uh, about like looking at LeBanc and saying, okay, look, at, compare him, <laughs> compare him to guys around the league, similar contract, similar points similar ice time, like all of these comparables, right? And guys like LeBanc, similar contracts, similar stats, were traded for decent value. So based on that information, I was like, yeah, no way he doesn't get moved because this precedent had been set. And then the fact that nothing came of it, I was very surprised. Hell yeah. Well, look, we, we got to move on to some notable stuff here. Uh, let's see. The, the <laughs> is it notable? Uh, I mean, it's a little notable only because I get a kick out of it because I've never seen this before. The Sharks announced the date of their annual sampling with the Sharks, you know, the wine event. $500 per person. Cha-ching. $500 per person. The great thing is, is though, apparently some sort of legal thing has happened where they now have to announce, advertise, denote, whatever you want to call it, they actually have to put on what the fair market value is of the thing that they're trying to sell. And so it's $500 per person. Fair market value is 200 Ouch. Like that, it, that's, that's got to be a little bit of a kick in the smalls when, you know, you're being asked to pay, like, Time and a half, <laughs> to five hundred for a two hundred. Okay, whatever. Uh, the other thing, though, is I'm, I'm wondering. Well, I, I really want to jump in on that. Really yeah, quick. go ahead, dude. And and again, I, I want to preface this by saying that I'm not. We're, I'm not here to make any enemies. I, I, I'm not here but... to make enemies either. I'm just here to like point out what is fact. Sure, but I'm gonna take it a step further. Sure, I'm not here to make, make any enemies. But dude. You we we talked about at the top that this is the eighth season of doing this podcast. Have I not been saying at all for have I not been saying for at least most of the last eight seasons that it is we'll call it curious 
<laughs> it is a bit curious how the Sharks Foundation, which is a charity, nonprofit, sure, tries really hard to make a buck. They do. Because how I've always looked at things is if you're a charity, if you're a nonprofit, anything over zero is a win. Absolutely. So when you're doing things like what you're talking about, where you're selling something at 250% of the value that you have come up with, mm -hmm. it screams like you're trying to make money under the guise of doing a nice community thing. Like, dude, that, and, it and, raises, the... and it raises questions. So let's say, so you're, you're a, you're, you, you're a person who likes, you know, drinking wine and, and talking to sharks players. Sure. Let's say, let's say you pay, you know what I'm here. Um, Mr. Whoever or Mrs. Whoever here is 500 bucks for me to go to sampling to the sharks. Are they going to take $200, which is the fair market value, as you pointed out, are they going to take $200 and say, okay, uh, Santa Clara County Firefighters Union, here you go. Um, we love you. We support you. That other $300, is that going to go into like a petty cash or a slush fund or something? Yeah, where's that going? That's... I and, would, and I'm just, and I, I'm not insinu I'm not saying anything as fact. I'm just sort of, sort of just asking speaking. questions. That's how Fox News gets away with a lot of shit. We're just asking questions. <laughs> Different thing though is we're not <laughs> is, is in this scenario we're not purporting to speak fact. True. We are making it very clear that it's an opinion. Well, and and uh, like a like a toyga uh, putting it is 100 percent for the Sharks Foundation event. The thing I have to say, I, and, and again, educated guess is no, because the last couple seasons, the sampling with the sharks event took place at SAP center. So it wasn't like they had to rent out a different facility to do it. In fact, I think, uh, last season might've actually been at TechCU. So these are facilities that the sharks were doing. This season, from what I understand, it's at a venue that is not SAP or TechCU. So to me, that goes, okay, so rental fees involved, perhaps some catering fees involved. You know, I don't, need, I, I don't I know. Don't, I don't know why they wouldn't continue to do it TechCU, but whatever. I don't need you to make a comment on it. We can move on with you completely ignoring what I'm about to say, but I just want you to hear it. Sharks and strikes well that's my thing it's like uh, when are you guys gonna bring you know you know what i'm implying you <coughs> yeah, know what when, I'm when are you gonna bring back a blue collar event you know what that's, that's not what i'm implying <laughs> oh well then you'll have to explain it to me but i'd like to know like w when are you gonna do a, an event that's not for people over 21 or when are you gonna do a, an event that for people that don't make over two hundred fifty thousand a year like you yeah, want to like, talk why? about growing the game like, dude, you, you can do events that don't aren't trying to appeal to the wealthiest fans in the Bay Area. Like, you you can do both. Yeah, well, it, it's like it, it, it's like I asked last week, right? I asked, you know, I asked the question last week, where's the club level for the guy in the cheap seats who is wearing the same jersey from high school? Like, where is the fan engagement event for that guy? Yeah. You know, so like, where, by like, all means, like, do the sampling thing. Raise all the money you can for from that crowd. Yes, of but course. it's like not all of us are making two hundred fifty k or more a year. Not all of us like wine. Some of us have kids. Like maybe there was an event that we would like to take them to, 
instead of being a semi-formal thing, which, and of, and of course the, you know, the thing that really gets me with these, uh, sampling things is, and it tells you right on there, photos are more than welcome and blah, 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 but do not ask for a fucking autograph. Like the, they're very adamant about that. And yeah, it's like, and that, dude, I'm sorry. They if I'm paying $500, dude, like, you know what? Maybe you could sign one little fucking thing. Well, and one of your talking points, you know, something that you've been hammering as long as I've known you is don't tell me how to fan. Yeah. And you're, and now you're saying you're, you're pigeonholing me where it's like, okay, so you want me to give you, because you're thing, and, and admittedly, you know, I have not lived in, San Jose for four years, a thing called COVID happened. I don't know what the vibe is with hanging out at practice and getting autographs. I have no idea. Uh, well, a lot of it, it's not so been so much from what I understand and sharks lass will in the chat will definitely be able to, uh, shine the light on that. Uh, since COVID, I haven't been to a sharks practice, but it's been more about, uh, the new facility and sure. how everything has changed. You know, right. it used to be you hang out in the back and they'll they'll exit and there's that little fence where they come out and they might be cool <laughs> and sign. They might be like, go fuck yourself. Now there is no back. But... Uh, yeah. So uh, Sharks Last will definitely be the uh, one to shine some light on that. But it, but here's my thing, right, is so you, you know, I, I, I know maybe you can still catch Sharks players after practice and get autographs and that kind of stuff. But with the redevelopment and with COVID and everything like that, I imagine it's a bit more difficult. And so, and maybe the players after COVID might be a little more apprehensive. Right. And, and but, so but, now, but, but they still don't seem to have a problem showing up to these $500 events. Well, so, but that's, but what I'm saying is, so now, like if you're a fan, right. And you know, you have less options for an autograph on the table. And now I'm being sold a bill of goods that, you know, a good opportunity to meet the players is like, hey, why don't you give us $500, drink this shitty wine that you may or may not even like, and uh, you can snap a pic with with them while you're inundated by heat and body odor and a million other people. And, uh, yeah, no autograph. Like, <laughs> it, it, it goes back to what you said of, like, growing the game and, and fan engagement and all that kind of stuff. But it, it just, it's... You can do both. There's just, there it raises a lot of questions. And, and like I said, you know, I'm not trying to get anyone in trouble or to insinuate yeah, anything. Dude, I'm not but, trying to like shit on anything. It's like, Oh, I'm definitely trying to shit on things, but I'm not, <laughs> but I'm not trying to get anyone in trouble. I'm not trying to insinuate anything. I just have a lot of questions. Yeah. About the, the well, practices. I'm see, I'm not trying to shit on the event. I'm just saying you can do more than one event. You can do an event that doesn't cater to the wealthiest of the Bay area. Yeah. That's like, you know, like you can cater to the hardcore fan as well. That maybe that actually struggles to try to pay for their season tickets or whatever things that they go to versus, you know, people that will show up to these. Because I guarantee you, dude, the people that are showing up to these sampling with the Sharks things, I, I would I would have no problem laying down money on the table. It says 25% of that, of, those, of the patrons, are people that couldn't name more than three Sharks if their life depended on it. It's a place to, you know, be seen and maybe they get their photo taken by, you know, by the Mercury News or some sort of uh, philanthropy thing, something along those lines. You know, it's something like that, that 25% of them, I guarantee you, 
They, they so probably me, they probably never seen ten games live in their life. So let me ask you a question, and I'm probably and, and I might be wrong when I say that, but the thing is, I know that the hardcore fans that have struggled to like go and see as many games as possible, even though they have to shit or <laughs> sit shit and sit in the fucking nosebleeds. That means way more to them than the person with way too fucking much money on their hands that just wants to have a glass of wine and take a photo with a hockey player. Well, so let me ask you a question, and and I might <laughs> this might make me sound like a jackass by asking this question. Uh, does the Bay Area have the Bay Area has Buffalo Wild Wings, right? Sure. Okay. So why, to your point? Why can't it be like, hey, you know, like Buffalo Wild Wings? My, my wife would know. She my loves wife. Buffalo. She loves Buffalo Wild Wings. Sammy. But every, uh, I believe it's. I want to say it's Wednesdays. I think it's Wednesdays. But it doesn't matter. Go ahead. Buffalo Wild Wings. They have like deals on wings one day a week. I think it might be dollar wings or dollar fifty wings. There's some kind of something, right? And. So why can it not be a situation where it's like, hey, you know what? Anthony Duclair is going to be at Buffalo Wild Wings for like dollar wing night. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, for lack of a better term, it's like, oh, yeah, like like you said, like your your middle and your lower class bros can kind of go out and you can just sort of chop it up, you know, or maybe you do it on a Thursday or a Monday when there's football. Right. See, And and I'm not even going to and I and I know that you didn't mean this term in a disparaging manner. But Mm -hmm. like, I wouldn't even say lower class, just, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's the people that wake wealthy elite. Yeah, exactly. There's people that make way too much fucking money. Yeah. But then there is a healthy amount of people that I would say I'm included. Let's say, I believe you me. Like, yeah. Okay. I, you know, I own my own place that in, in, and I'm very fortunate to be able to do so, but I would love to be able to have the disposable income to fucking, you know, get myself a, you know, fucking, uh, a, a pair of tickets for the new penthouse lounge. Right. Or, and go to, even sa- just to experience it. Yeah. Go to sampling with the sharks every season and do, do all these things that, uh, you know, buy a, uh, 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 one of those auction jerseys for every, like sure would love to be able to do that, but you know, it's, it's out of my reach. I'm not yeah. going to spend that kind of money for that type of shit. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't, if they have the money, go ahead, do it, spend your own money the way you want. But, um, I'm just saying that it would, it would be nice because the sharks used to do it where it was bowling with the sharks or fucking top golf with the sharks. Something, something that is a little more blue collar friendly, more affordable. Yeah. More affordable, more blue collar friendly. And Skylar bringing up, well, what about the sharks around the Bay events? If you're talking about that tour that they did, fine that's that's again that's one of those things where i sit there and go it's it's a nice idea in that it activated or you know whether it was morgan hill or fremont or oakland or menlo park or wherever like spreading that shit around absolutely but i'll also be the first to say that the fact that they they like they said, okay, we're going to forego the fan fest to do this. I also know a lot of fans that were very pissed off that there was no fan fest this year. You know, there was some that, that enjoyed it, the tour. That's great. But I'm just saying the, you know, the, the fans that I spoke with, the vast majority were like, 
you know, the tour thing is cute. It's cool. There still should have been a fan fest. So it happens. And uh, Puck Guy bringing up a great thing. Autograph sessions at the shark store. Absolutely something you could fucking do. When the team is, you know, when they're going to play four or five straight at home, could actually absolutely set up a thing. You get people to come into the shark store and, you know, you got a player or two that does, you know, signs autographs for an hour, hour and a half. Absolutely. Well, and, 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 and you don't have to pay just, any fucking money for it. And something I just thought of too. And, you know, uh, so they do. So uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I feel, I, I feel like I'm just like so angry right now and I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't be like, Lord knows I've gotten my opportunities to get autographs, but it's just that I've heard from too many other fans and in fact, if you even looked uh, on social media earlier today, there were a lot of fans complaining about the game last night because since COVID, all none of the blue coats enforce, you know, like sit the fuck down when the puck is in play and lean back. Stop screwing up Dude, the view behind you. And e tried, evidently, no blue coats are aware of this. So I try to be like, like when I'm out in public, I try and be like a... I, 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 I try not to get into any situations. I tend to avoid conflict and controversy. <laughs> Be an ambassador of the people. Not even that, but just like, you know, I don't <laughs> want to give anyone a hard time and I don't want anyone to give me a hard time. But one of the few exceptions is at a Sharks game. If I And admittedly, since moving away, I go to a Sharks game maybe once a season. And, you know, if I'm at a game and I'm sitting in my seat and somebody's trying to come by, I have no problem saying, hey, friend, like, you can wait yeah. until the whistle. And you know what? Some people are like, oh, yeah, you know what? Good point. I don't want to block your view. Every now and again, you'll get somebody who's like, Ooh, dude, I'm fucking sitting right there. And it's like, all right, I don't give a shit. There's literally a rule that's posted. Maybe they didn't announce it, but it's posted. So whatever. Anyway. Uh, for for me, it's, the, it's more the lean back thing. I don't know. There's definitely been a few times since COVID where I'm at a game and I have to, like, give a little tap on the shoulder and say, hey, buddy. You do me a favor. Can you lean back? We all we can't see through your head up here, and for the most part, people have been like, "Oh, sorry, didn't realize," and they're chill well, about it. But not only every that. once in a while, you get some college puke that we're just like, "Oh, fucking deal with it, man. We're into it." And I'm like, "Dude, I'm right. about to be. You know, my foot is about to be in your ass." <laughs> I'm gonna text assist. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, it, whether or not somebody answers is a different story, but. Yeah. The other thing, and again, you've been to games much more recently than I have. Obviously, are they still, are they still not announcing the? Yeah, Ruben making a good point too. Are they still not announcing the lean back? And no. So they they started your seat. Thank you. They, they started doing for, it again this season. Well, because I know but for here's, a while. But here's they the problem. Were, here's the problem. They're announcing it before the fucking game starts, when like see, thirty percent of the people are there. See, they need I to do gonna... that shit about halfway through the first period. Well, okay, let because here's my thing. There was a while where they were doing it to start the second period, and I'm like, okay, so if people violate the rule before the start of the second period, it's all cool. It's not a problem. Like, yeah. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a problem with um, running I don't the think, same I don't spot multiple times. That no, there's not a problem with that. Yeah, I don't think there's a problem with running the same spot multiple times. I also don't think there's a problem with going to your local paint store, pick up some white fucking paint, it's the most common color, and go over 
all of the painted stencils that are on every stair of the section. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. How fucking cheap is white paint? <laughs> I'm saying it. Relative to some other things that money has been spent on lately. Try that. Uh, Ryan in the chat. What a rant. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, it's been great. Uh, Ryan's saying, if people are willing to pay $500 for a meet and greet, then that's what will be charged, supply and demand, free market capitalism at work. I completely agree with you. And if that is who the sharks want to cater to, then don't fucking complain when you're only 30% sold out because only 30% of the Bay Area can afford it. You know? The proletariat will have nothing to lose but their chains. That's I'm saying I'm it. Say. That's all I'm going to say. <clears throat> so uh, to move on a little bit further with this, the Sharks opened their first auction of the season. And again, free market value is list, or I'm sorry, free market, fair market value is on each listing. Um, th this has to be a, a new legal requirement, by the way, because now it's on everything. But it'll be interesting to see when you see the team listing the starting bid for an item at 150 when fair market value is $10, which is one of the things that they did over like this last week. They're, they had a, a sign similar to the one behind my head that this is Sharks territory. It's like $10 sign, but it's $150 because some players signed it. Okay. And then conversely... Fair market value is listed as $800. But the last time I looked, a Steve Lorenz game used jersey, the last bid I saw was 480 So it's going to be interesting to see how the whole fair market value thing works out. Uh, more things to get into. The Sharks welcomed Bebo Pizza finally to the tank. To, to Loves me some Bebos. But the bigger thing, dude, they finally got Voyager coffee company they finally get dude how long had rocket railed on getting coffee at the tank the prophecy's been fulfilled dude finally love that <sighs> all right uh let's see here oh dude I'm, and i'm not here to dump on news networks okay I'm, I'm not here to do it do it coward. but i'm gonna do, do it, it. <laughs> do it coward i'm not here to dump on the local news networks i appreciate when you mention the sharks that said if you're gonna talk about the sharks have your fucking facts straight. Dude, Vernon, come on. The Sharks will play their first game Thursday, hosting the defending Stanley Cup champ, Las Vegas Golden Knights. San Jose hasn't made the playoffs since 2018. Uh, sir, they made it in 2019. So, Vern, Vernon, buddy, do better. Get your shit 2019 together. Was, 2019 was also arguably their best chance to win the Stanley Cup. Right? Better than 2016, and they actually went to the final that year. Yeah. But, oh, oh that's that's the whole thing. It's, you know, and I understand to a certain extent, like some of the local networks might catch shit because it's like, oh, well, you guys shit on us all the time because we don't, you know, cover the Sharks. And then we cover the Sharks, you guys shit on us. And it's like, yeah, because we dare to hope that you're a fucking news station. Last time I looked... I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I think news is supposed to dispense fact. Well, here's the other thing. When you get the information correct, to me, that means you care about what you're saying. Hey, now. There you go. Uh, the other thing. Uh, <laughs> it's not a big deal, but I just wanted to mention it because it like creeped me out. When they would go to Tara Sloan in the first two games, they brought the broadcast has debuted this really weird forced perspective cam. We're supposed to talk to Tara pretty soon. I would totally want to ask her about that and see what happens. 
Uh, Ex-Barracuda coach Roy Sommer, you know, winning this coach, also losing this coach. The ex-Sharks, or I should say ex-Cuda, ex-Wooster Shark, whatever, is replacing... I believe he was the Sharks assistant coach for a a minute. You're right, you're right. Uh, But replacing Kevin Constantine, going back to earlier when we talked about the 93-94 Sharks, replacing Kevin Constantine as the, what, Wenatchee? I'm assuming is the way you pronounce that? Wenatchee Wild head coach? I don't know, weird... Weird tale of events. I don't know what the hell happened with Kevin Constantine and why he got the Spanish Archer. I don't want to know. It's just really weird to see Roy Sommer, who, like, you know, punched his ticket, like, a year ago. It was like, nah, fuck it. I still want to coach. Cool. Uh, Jason? Sometimes you can't... uh, Can't get up? Yeah, you know, it's hard to... Sometimes it's hard to quit, you know? (laughs) Uh, Like this podcast. Uh, Jason Demers is apparently going to be joining the Sharks podcast. I mean, anything is better than Curtis, right? <laughs> Honestly, if it was if it was 82 games of Demers and Tara Sloan and Scott Hannon, like I would that would be a point. Oh, sign me up. Ask me. Sign me up. Uh, hey, what if I told you the Maple Leafs lead the league in goals for at 13, but are only a plus 4 in goal differential? I would believe that because their defense sucks. What if I told you the Oilers lead the league in goals against with 12 and a minus eight goal differential, but it comes after two games against the Canucks? Mm, That's not all that surprising to me because... Eh, Bullshit. A week ago, you would have said, fuck you. No, honestly, because the Canucks... I, I mean... This goes back three years to when we had our Canucks versus Kings wager. Like, I've been very bullish on the Canucks for oh, a, a while. That's true. And so that's true. I'm not saying, like, the Canucks being 2-0 and to start the season with both wins against the Oilers. I definitely am not, like, I'm not, sur- like, I didn't predict that to happen, but I'm not exactly surprised that it happened because I do think they've got a good squad. Um, the Oilers... It's more surprising, I think, that the Oilers have lost just because I think this <laughs> just because I think this roster is the best it's been in this sort of era of Dude, Oilers hockey. All I've heard about for three months is how pissed off McDavid and Dry are that they're like, oh, they've got something to prove this this season. Hey, but you know what? You can't put it at their feet, dude. They've both, you know, to start the season, so they both had of them their have guy been humming. Yeah. They've no, been humming, dude. They had I mean, their guy. But it's like, but that's the whole thing. It's like McDavid and Dry can be as pissed off as they want. It's like, dude, that's not going to make the guys around you any better. Yeah, dude, they both have, they both have three points in two games. That's right where they need to be. I'm saying it. You know, I think if I'm, if I'm the Oilers, I want more from my third line. I want more from my second line. <coughs> I want my more from anybody named not named McDavid or Drysaddle. I want my goaltenders to make a freaking save. What if I told you a Sharks goalie leads the NHL in save percentage? I got that. <laughs> I, no, I figured you'd be like, oh, so it's still preseason? <laughs> Aiden Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Noah fucking Gregor. Love that. Officially signed a one-year deal with the Leafs worth, like, that. that's league minimum, right? 775K? Yes. All right, dude, one-way deal. Love that. And Chief just says, oh, you know what? 
Remember that whole hat trick I had against Arizona? Watch this, fuckers. Scores the first goal of the Toronto Maple Leafs season. Now, there are some people who look at that and go, if you're a Maple Leafs fan, you're going, who scored our first? Oh, we're fucked. <laughs> but then, you know, there could be others that sit there and go, hell yeah, a guy who's never been here before, who's already starting us off on the good foot. Fuck yeah. But dude, good for him. I hope he pots 20 this season, but I have to say, Noah Gregor, as a Sharks fan. And, and you hate to see it, but more than that, you love to see it. That's all I'm saying. You hate to see it as a Sharks fan, him succeeding, but you love to see him as a Sharks fan succeeding when he didn't get the chance here. Fucking love yeah. it. I mean, we've all, all of us here, we've like always had the time for Noah Gregor, you know? Absolutely. Uh, dude, did you, did you get burnout on the Bedard hype? I, dude, no, honestly, I, mean, I didn't I didn't watch a single league game he played in. So. Oh, Jesus Christ. So I watched all three games on opening night, whether it was uh, Nashville, Tampa. It was, uh, who was it? The, the last one was Vegas and somebody because they really. Seattle. Yeah, Vegas, Seattle. And then it was, uh, what, Chicago and some, and Chicago won, which. Chicago not, and Pittsburgh. Yeah, not a lot of. Oh, yeah, of course, because they couldn't fucking get over themselves with the whole Sid the kid versus the next one, blah, blah, blah. But. Uh, I will say, I, dude, the Tampa Nashville game, every intermission was Connor this, Connor that, Connor, 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 Connor. <clears throat> the game itself, of course, Connor, 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 Connor. The athletic, I will say though, said the hype did manifest itself in TV viewership. Both ESPN and TNT set record numbers for their opening night. So look, fine. That's all great. But holy shit, was that a, a just Connor over, overload. And then the funny thing is, is that a quote from the Athletic article said, the NHL isn't going to crow about this publicly. Gee, I wonder why. But hmm. Bedard landing in Chicago was a phenomenal gift to the league as a viewership play. And I'm going, phenomenal gift? Bitch, I called that shit in January. And I wasn't the only one. There were a lot of people saying there's no way Bedard doesn't end up in Chicago no matter what the fuck happens because it is means too much to the league. Yeah, well, it, it, it's, certainly, it's certainly a juicy story when I would argue one of the can't-miss players of this century finds his way onto... A, one of the most prolific teams in NHL history, and B, one of the most important TV markets to the NHL. Right. I mean, now, that's not to say that there's any kind of collusion to make that happen. I, I do believe that it was truly random. That said, if it happened, the NHL would be stupid to not capitalize on it. Absolutely. But, and again, I'm not here to, you know, wear the tinfoil hat. But it was just like, there's no way. There's just no way Bedard was not going to Chicago. There's just... If, if lotto numbers were that easy to pick, you would never see my fat ass again because I'd be on an island off the you know the Caribbean enjoying myself. Uh, what'd you think, though? It was Wednesday night, the, the, uh, the, the Stanley, Cup, Stanley Cup banner raising. I thought it was cool. I, I mean, I thought it, it was a little gaudy to be honest with you, man. I, I mean, mean, really, dude, when I was only... the last time? I don't now. Tell me if I'm wrong. I don't remember 
the last time a Stanley Cup team, like they brought out all their players for the banner raising ceremony and then they have their captain wait until the end to, and then he literally skates out with the cup. I don't remember that, ever seeing a, no, that. That's a thing. That's a pretty regular thing. I don't remember ever seeing that. But yeah, okay. the cup has been... I know I can't speak for Colorado just because I don't remember, but I know both Tampa celebrations, they had the cup with them. Well, either way, I, I love the fact that Gen X pointed out where it's like in 2016, it was, okay, Vegas, you can have a team, but no gambling references, okay? Nothing in your name, nothing like that. Then in 2022, you know what? How about we have the three-star players throw out signed poker chip pillows into the crowd? And then this season, you know, just this week, no, we're going to have the banner come out of a fucking slot machine. That's how into gambling we're not. Well, you know, I, I, I think I think it's delusional to act like gambling doesn't exist, for one. Dude, and so that's why this team should have been called something way cooler than the Golden Knights. They should have been the Vegas Jokers, because, come on, Penguins versus Jokers? That would have been the coolest. Yeah, but then, you know, but but when you're the Jokers, you open yourself up to be made fun of on a nightly okay, the basis. Vegas Aces, the Vegas. I mean, there, there's definitely. I mean, something better if, than fucking Golden Knights. If you, if you remember, I mean, you're gonna have to jump into the time machine here and go back seven years. Sure. But if you remember, when they announced the team name, that when you when they announced that the team name was just gonna be um, the Vegas Golden Knights, not the Las Vegas Golden Knights, <laughs> we had made the point of. Yeah, it's the Vegas Golden Knights because, you know, Las Vegas could easily be L-O-S-S Vegas. And Christ. I don't know, dude. So I just it, remember it, the NHL being no gambling about. references. And it's then they've got a fucking 1,800-foot slot machine out there. Okay. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to name your team after something that's going to get made fun of on a regular basis. I don't know. I, I have a good time making fun of the Kraken, but that's fine. It's good. I don't know. It's good. Gambling is fine. Um... The NHL decided to start their season. Like, there's so many fun stories that you could have focused on, but no, no, no. They decided to say, you know what? We took away specialty jerseys, and now we're going to say, fuck pride tape. Fuck rainbow tape. Such a stupid play. <sighs> and are there two sides to this story? No. Okay, because because now let to be fair, let me play devil's advocate for a second. Some people are saying, you know, don't cram this belief down our throat, which I sit there and think nobody is cramming it down your throat. It's guys skating around for 15 minutes in a particular jersey, and no one is saying you must support this. They're the it's just the players that are wearing it are saying we support this. It it makes me wonder if like. If there was a jersey that had like two guys holding or like a guy holding two AR-15s, if they would be like, yes, absolutely, fucking Second Amendment night, let's rock. Like, you know, <laughs> like if they'd have a problem with that. But here's the other thing. And I, and I want to point at a specific word that you used was belief. Yeah. Right. People who are part of the LGBTQ community, they're not Santa Claus. They're not the tooth fairy. They're not something that you can or cannot believe in. They're real people. Yeah, you are exist. what you are. But they're real people who exist, and they want to live their lives and be happy, and that's awesome. And so, to, I'm not saying that you said this. I hope you don't take it that way. But sure. the people, but the people who say, "Oh, you know, um, don't push this belief on me." Well, it's not a belief. It's real life. That'd be like if I said, 
hey, you know, um, you know, hey, uh, I we think that, uh, you know, all drinking water in the world should be clean. And it's like, well, that's just a belief. It's like, well, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I'm just dude, it, I just think it would be great if like 99 percent of the league said, fuck you, Batman. We're coming out in warm ups with pride tape and pride caps. Like, That's why you... I loved Brian Burke's response. Yeah, it was just, yeah, the fact that Burke is going to, like, eat all the fines, hell yeah, dude. Like, you can't suspend 99% of the league. I mean, sure, you can fine him, but the PR move would be so goddamn laughable. I mean, dude, Dangle and Friedman alone would eat them alive. Uh, well, but I is... just hate, I just hate the idea, and you pointed it out, I just hate the idea that 99% of the league wants to participate in something. Well, I should that... no no no. Let let's let's phrase this correctly. I don't want to say 99% wants to participate. I'm saying 99% doesn't have a problem. Like there right. may be some guys that do or like aren't maybe the most comfortable with it, but they just don't care that much about it. Either that or they they accept that people are different and that's yeah, okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, go along to get along. And and I think the fact that a super majority of NHL players are supportive of something that makes people feel included and welcomed and like they have a rep, like they have representation, right? And the fact that something like that has been completely blown up because four people out of <laughs> four people out of a league that has almost 800 players in it but have a belief system that thinks that if you're not white male heterosexual that you're not as good as everybody else well so this is my like, question it's, just, it's cow it's cowardly it's cowardly to say hey you know what these four people are uncomfortable so we well, don't want to hurt their feelings okay. so by by not to not hurt their feelings we're going to get rid of anything that makes a certain demographic of people feel welcomed or included or supported. Uh, to be fair. No, there's no, I don't think there's a to be fair. No, in no, 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 no. I think there is a to be fair in. Stop saying it like it, that. It, <laughs> I watched too much letter, Kenny. Uh, I think the, the, the to be fair is that the media to me, it was, the media are the ones that like blew up Provorov and Reimer and the Stahl brothers. It was the Stahl brothers, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, it, they, they didn't grasp on to the 99% who said, this is great. This is awesome. You know, like, look, it's like, I support everybody to do their own thing. Like you might not agree with it. It's just the idea of like, Hey, you do you. I'm going to do me and we're all going to be fine with that. Like that's where it, and it was the media. Honestly, I don't think this shit is nearly the shit storm that it became. If it's 20 years ago before social media, you know, before clicks were the most important thing on the planet. I don't think that I think it, the media honestly takes a big chunk of the blame on this. But my question for you, is this the time, though? Is this a perfect opportunity for guys like McDavid or Crosby, McKinnon, Bedard, Carlson, McCarr, the big names, to come out and say, fuck you, Betton. 
I'm I'm wearing rainbow skates. I'm going to wear a rainbow cap. Fuck, I'm going to wear a rainbow goddamn wig like I'm in a goddamn parade with pride tape on my stick. Do something. Well, and that's the thing. You know, a lot of these prominent players, they say they want to be inclusive and they want to be welcoming. Do something. So do it. Yeah. Do it. Loud Action speaks louder than words, my friend. And here's the other thing that gets me is that somebody posted this on social media. Look at this board or look at this ad on the board. I don't know if you can see that, but it says there's an ad on the board that says he gets us.com. If you go to that website, it is a total like Christianity religious website. How the fuck is that okay? But where you know going around in the uh, warm up with rainbow colored tape on your twig, how is that a problem? Well, not only that, but again, as I pointed out a couple minutes ago, people who are part of the LGBTQ community are real people that exist and want representation and to be supported. <laughs> and 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 you know what? If you are a religious person, I'm personally not. But if you are. That's awesome. Yeah, good you for you. Some, you have something that you believe in, and that's awesome for you. Yeah, and but, you know what, though? But it's Had I been at that game, and there's the whole hegetsus.com, I wouldn't have felt the need to, like, go up to the, you know, the ticket taker, the, you know, the GM of the team and go, why are you trying to force this down my throat by putting it on the boards? Right. Fuck it. It's like he gets okay. Well, I guess because you believe in the fantasy guy, that's fine. Again, if if you believe in him, all all good for you. That's not my jam. But the, the my point being is like, oh, so I guess if if Pride buys a spot on the boards, then it's okay. You know, because like here's a oh, it was too much of a distraction. Well, if that's the case, then okay, no more fucking music, no more ads, no more digital ads on the ice. No ice girls, no in-game giveaways, none of that because those are all very distracting. When I'm at the, no more mascots. Sharky is very distracting when I'm trying to watch a game. Get the fuck out of here with this. And the best part, of course, is the Sharks game. Beginning of the night, it was you know they they did it for Ukraine like a year and a half ago whenever that shit started, and then. The NHL. Let's have a moment of silence for the reprehensible acts in the Middle East. Everything going on with Israel and whatnot. But then it's pride tape is a distraction. You can't do both. The, it, or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't play both sides. That's what I meant. Exactly. Like, again, like have your own belief. Do what you want to do. That's all fine. But it's kind of it, like Jerk just said, you know, it's call it both ways, man. Give me a well, fucking break. Let like again, like I, I made the point a year ago, and I'll make the point again today. I'm not a religious person. My personal belief is that if you believe in religion, you're not making the smartest choice. But you know what? You it's are not your still, choice. What do you care? But you are. But you you are a religious person. Being religious is a part of who you are. And you know what? I like that for you. You have something to believe in. There you go. And I would never, I would never go to somebody and say, "Hey, you're religious. We can't be friends. We can't hang out. I can't support your right to be who you are." Right. And so, why, when the shoe is on the other foot, why is it okay to do that to people who are part of the LGBTQ community who are just being who they are? Exactly. 
All right, and, well, we got a few minutes to wrap this up here. Uh, Elliot Friedman said that the NHL is looking at the idea of modeling the NHL draft to mimic the NFL draft, where the prospects are still in a centralized location, whether it could be T-Mobile Arena next season, right? But teams would actually not be there. They'd be making their picks from their home base location. So I guess I guess all the prospects would then be on the floor and the fans would be in the stands. But I don't know. What do you think about that? I think it's incredibly stupid because I think <laughs> as do I because, because it's so much fun to see like two guys on the phone, like Ottawa on the phone with Carolina going, Oh fuck, are these two talking to each other? What's going on? Well yeah, I, I, I think I think part of what makes the draft so alluring is that you see the teams representatives on the floor moving and shaking and talking to each other and that kind of stuff. But also if you're a guy who gets drafted, right? I think it's so cool that like you get drafted and you put the Jersey on and you put the hat on and then it's like you, you're taking a photo with the, yeah, you know, the you guy who owns the team, the, the, GM, the GM, all the, yeah, the GM and all the, the guys that basically believed in you. Yeah. You're kind of, it's kind of like a whole real, you know, meeting of the minds kind of thing. Yeah, and it's, it's only like, the first round. Yeah, and it's like, okay, versus, yeah, you're there, and okay, here's, a, you know, some intern brings you a jersey and a hat, <laughs> and then the, the, GM, the GM is going to Microsoft Teams you, and, <laughs> and then you just go home. <sighs> yeah, I, I'm, also, I'm not a fan I, I do, of this I, idea. Really quick, I do want to jump in here. Joshua pointing out, I feel we'd be remiss to not point out, not all religious people are homophobic. I think that's fair to point out. Totally Absolutely. Fair. Thank you, Joshua. Completely agree. All right. So uh, let's uh, let's let's just about bounce here. And prize time is coming up momentarily. Ooh, Barracuda. You thought what? <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, no, no, no. It's just, it's just okay. I got to preface this. We're only doing the CUDA because it was opening weekend. After that, we're we're just going to tell you what happened. You know, like how they did that week. We're not going to go any deeper. But first, we have to go talk about Skyler. Two dollars from here. Thank you so much for the donation. Save time, not waiting. Fifteen scouts walk the podium. <laughs> it's 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 three hours a year though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's a, yeah, it's a it's a fucking like the, the three hundred sixty fifth day out of the year. Who gives a shit? Yeah, like the the people who watch the second or watch day two of the draft will know the picks are made from the command center tables. Yeah. And, you know, they might flash the prospect if they're there on the video screen and they say, hey, hello. And yeah. then, you know, it's kind highlight of like reel. Bye bye. Yeah. All, All right. right. Uh, Barracuda. So interesting weekend. Big time for the Cuda. Split a pair against the Rockford Ice Hogs. The 7-2 loss, but then a 7-2 win. Justin Bailey right now is your Cuda point leader at four. Weisblatt nearly killed a guy on opening night at TechCU, taking a five-minute major, a match penalty, ultimately gets a three-game suspension. Sabrin, though, took a misconduct in game two, so I guess the uh, Cuda are averaging one major infraction per game, so entertaining, no? Uh, speaking of the Cuda, though, Ian Reed will be speaking with the voice of the Barracuda, Nick Nolenberger, this coming week, I believe on Wednesday, so that's either... Going to be showing up Wednesday or Thursday on your feed. Be on the lookout for that. Hit the subscribe and notification bell 
to know when that happens as soon as it drops. I'm sure they're going to get into the games from the opening weekend at TechCU. And uh, the fact that they named five alternate captains as their leadership group and none of the players that they named were here last season. So it maybe does that lend any credence to the idea of the culture not being great? We all heard what happened with Martin Kaut. I'm just wondering. Just asking questions here, people. Yeah. Uh, finally, the CUDA did announce earlier this week they will have three games televised locally on NBCS California, your home for the San Jose Sharks. And for the peeps in back uh, that, that are posting like, oh my God, this is brand new information. We had this 18 months ago, guys. <laughs> you go back to March 22. You'll see, we did an interview on Teal Town USA, an exclusive interview. They said they were actually working on getting eight to 10 games to go last season. Didn't happen, but hey, three games this season, we'll take it, man. Small steps, people. So let's get into the prize cabinet. And uh, I'm going to do it like this, guys. We have 24 bobbleheads. We have 36 lunch boxes. We have 50 jerseys. Those aren't real numbers, are they? Those are absolutely real numbers. Holy shit. <laughs> so, uh, this is the way it's going to work, people. For this weekend, for opening weekend, might do a special occasion, you know, like maybe Thanksgiving, maybe Christmas, somewhere in there, maybe Valentine's, We, if we feel the love. But first episode of the Pucknologist this season, we're going to do a threefer. This is going to be the, the, the hat trick. Okay, this is going to be for a bobblehead, a lunchbox, and a jersey. Here wow. we fucking go. So it's like an opening weekend prize pack then? You got it. The opening weekend hat trick prize pack. Tell me another podcast that is doing this, people. <laughs> Tell me another <laughs> podcast that has too much shit that they need to get rid of. <laughs> You're absolutely right. So... How many penalties? The Sharks are playing three games this week. We got Carolina at home. We got Boston at home. And what's the other one? Jesus, is that Nashville? Yes, at Nashville. Sorry, the, Jesus Christ. Whoever printed this schedule, like, <laughs> Stephen, refill the ink cartridge, will you? So, Carolina, Boston, Nashville. Three games this week. How many penalties will the Sharks draw over the next three games? Now, before you start putting in guesses in the chat, that's not the way it works. This is a future, future prediction for the prize pack. So, you send your guesses, email, hockey underscore jerk one zero. At no underscore, no underscore. Oh, so it's just hockey jerk one zero. Yep. Oh, oh, did that change? No, it's always oh. been that way. Oh, I must have uh, conflated it with your Twitter handle. Okay, that's my bad. So hockey jerk one zero at gmail.com. That's it. Don't put it in here. Don't put it in here because it's not going to count if you put it in the chat. All right. How many penalties to hockey jerk one zero at gmail.com? That's where your answers go. How many penalties were the sh will the Sharks draw over their games versus Carolina, Boston, and Nashville? And here's the fun part on this one. You can go over. 
If they if they draw seven penalties and your guess is eight, and somebody else guessed six, you win. Interesting. You can, yeah, you can go over. The other thing we're going to do here, just to make why? it more fun. Just out of curiosity, why? Uh, because we want to make it fun. Okay. The other thing we're going to introduce here, halves. So if you're like, fuck, I'm not sure if they're going to get seven or if they're going to get eight. If you want to guess 7.5, that guess counts. Hmm. So we're going to throw in heads. That's only for this weekend. All right. That's only for opening week. We're, ju- we're just getting a little freaky here. A little interesting. <laughs> I already got an email. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, pineapple is my safe word. So we're just getting a little freaky for the opening weekend. So again, over the next three games versus Carolina, Boston, Nashville, how many penalties will the Sharks draw over those three? You can be, it's whoever's closest to the actual number and you can have halves. Your answers must be submitted by 5 p.m. 5 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday, October 17th. So, you know, a couple hours before puck drop for, and the, for the game against Carolina. Worth mentioning as well, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's only minor penalties. Or it's, I should say, let me back up. It's penalties that aren't fights or misconducts. No, those count too. I don't like that. That's so dumb if you ask me. If it, if it shows up on the NHL.com website, if it's a, you know, if it says, oh, the Sharks. Because uh, a fight is not drawing a penalty. That's just fighting. Okay, you know we're, I mean? we're going with the NHL.com thing. So if I log on to, when I log on to NHL.com next Sunday morning, I'm going to look at those three games and I'm going to tally mm-hmm. it all up. That's what I'm doing. So if it says one of four, Okay, they drew four penalties. And then the next one, they went 0 for 3. Okay, that's seven penalties. And then the next game, they didn't draw any. Well, then it's 0 for 7. It's okay, whatever NHL.com says. Sure. Okay, got it. So, so Does that make yeah, sense? It, it, so, then, so then, yeah, it is penalties that aren't fighting or misconducts then. There you go. Okay, cool. And Trey, Trey Bone saying, can I do now? Absolutely, you can. Hockey. Yeah, email it, email it or DM it on Twitter, whichever. Yeah, hockeyjerk10 at gmail.com. If you want to uh, do the Twitter machine instead, hit them up there, hockey underscore jerk. There you go. Uh, again, this is going to be the triple, the, the hat trick, the triple play, if you will. One bobblehead, one box, one jersey. And uh, look, if eight people guess correctly, then all eight people win something. And it, and let's, so you said it's a bobblehead, a jersey, and a lunchbox. Is that what you said? You got it. Okay. And so that's. Price pack. Yeah, it's a total prize pack. Again, we might uh, around the, uh, the the Sunday following Thanksgiving, if we're feeling a little a little extra thankful, we might do another hat trick one uh, during the holidays, Christmas, probably do another one. But just to let you know, every Sunday that we're here for you on the Pucknologist, including After Dark Takeovers, uh, every week we're giving out something, whether it's a lunchbox, a bobblehead, a jersey, or the hat trick. Fuck, I might even throw something else in there that could be a little more interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of, there's not going to be any of this, like, look me up on Wikipedia shit. It's going to be, you have to predict the future correctly in order to win, just to let you know. So coming up this week, the Sharks are going to finish up their four game homestand versus Carolina and Boston, as I just said, then they're going to head back East for five on the road, starting in Nashville. 
and the Barracuda will play a pair in Henderson next weekend. Again, Ian Reed's going to be talking to the voice of the Cuda this coming week, so check it out for that. Finally, we have the Tweet of the Week, as we always like to finish up with the Tweet of the Week. And the Fanatics are already fucking up Eric Carlson. How the hell do you order that? And that's what Fanatic ships out. It's not like the guy's nickname is EK65. <sighs> what makes you think Fanatics knows that? <laughs> so this week's Tweet of the Week, of course, being brought to you by the Twitter account at FanaticSucks. Enjoy. On Twitter, you can follow him at Hockey underscore Jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore Strong. Remember, do us a favor, subscribe to this YouTube channel and leave your take in the comment section below if you could not join us live on this one. You can find links to our social media podcast apps and more included in the show notes. You can get everything on TealTownUSA.com. Remember, you want VIP access to the Discord party? Hit up Jerk on the Twitter machine. And remember to check out After Dark following every single Sharks game this season. Jerk Man. Oz. Aside from the, uh, the 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 49ers getting hosed by the refs, uh, it was an okay day. Uh, yeah, I guess they got hosed. All right, so I mean, you want to do this? <laughs> you want to do this again next Sunday? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, like, I think so. It, like, it seemed fun, you know. I mean, I don't really know you that well. You seem like an okay guy, but uh, right. you know, <laughs> I feel like I can talk you into it. Do you? Oh, you know what? Last thing, head not, and you know what? Uh. I'm going to give you uh, the soapbox for 90 seconds because I mentioned this earlier. Do me a favor. You want to hook some people up with some money? Throw them some parlay this week. You're going to put me on. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Well, gosh, I'm on the spot right now. Um, oh, boy. Well, let's see. I guess we'll base this off of what games are going on tomorrow. Um Man, I see. For all I know, <laughs> for all I know, everybody in this chat hates sports gambling. I can't, you know, can't stand it. But uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do it anyway here. So some things that I'm looking at for tomorrow, you know, I'll just throw a couple quickies out there. There's five games tomorrow. Um, I mean, the thing that my attention is immediately drawn to is Maple Leafs versus Blackhawks. John Tavares. Two games this season, he's got five points. None of them are goals. So uh, if you want to take a chance and maybe make some scratch, I would throw something on John Tavares' anytime goal. Um, Timo Meyer, looking at Panthers-Devils, Timo Meyer has been a bit quiet, so same kind of thing. Timo Meyer anytime goal. Um, and to round things off, jeez. Uh, Calgary Flames, I say Elias Lindholm, anytime goal. I mean, these are guys, like I said, three games in the season, known for goals, haven't scored yet. So why not? How much money has Ryan run you this week? <laughs> um, he He's, I, I've kind of had an up and down week. I think this week. Um, it felt like Ryan had a pretty up week. Yeah, Ryan was kicking ass. Like we. we um, and what we are you guys do, playing on? Uh, we do bet online. Um, I mean, FanDuel, one of those. Oh, things? What yeah, no, bet online. That's what it's called. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, oh, um, easy enough. <laughs> so it's like, you know, we'll. It, it depends, but you know, there's some NHL, there's some NFL. We've honestly, what's really been hitting lately, and this is gonna make me sound like a total degenerate, <laughs> uh, has been betting on the KHL. If you can believe it. Really? 
Like, hey, yeah, dude, like, whatever pays the bills, my brother. I like we've been making, like, I've made Ryan quite a bit of money from <laughs> uh, making KHL picks. Um, but you know, I like, I don't, you know, I don't get too crazy. You know what I mean? So it's like I don't want to, like, I don't want to like fall into a, you know, not that I'm worried about falling into a trap, but I don't want to fall into a trap, you know. And so, <clears throat> you know, I kind of just sort of take it easy, you know, like don't do anything that's like super crazy or going to make me like stressed out if I, um, if I fuck up, you know what I mean? Or if I lose something, you know, sure. um, Oh, D- Dank Dank wants to know is, uh, is, is, Oh, hold on. I'm not sure if the, uh, are, Oh fuck. Are we like giving free ad time to some, is this a sponsored segment? Should we not be doing this? <laughs> Stamps.com. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I know a lot of people find sports betting to be quite annoying, and that's fair. I personally think it's fun. Well, uh, that's why we left it till the end of the show. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and Dank, <laughs> Dank, if, Dank I mean, wants know, to know if, if he want... can just buy the fucking, the uh, the bobblehead, the jersey. and the yeah, Absolutely. Hit me up privately. I mean, if, <laughs> if you really want it, you know, like, it, it, you know, I'll do some, you know. Between Ryan and I, we can come up with some picks. You know, Dude, we, we might have to do a little a little three minute uh, segment uh, with Ryan, like a little pre record thing before we go on Sunday next Sunday. I think it'd be funny because uh, you have to realize uh, on the local sports radio here used to be during uh, football season every Friday. I would listen to this one particular sports sports uh, show during the week on radio, and every fucking Friday for twenty minutes there would he would have as you know they would act like they were you know it, it was so a paid for spot yeah. but it was so you know now i'm going to talk to my buddy who you know who went 6 and 2 last week and and of course the guy comes on like fucking scott for us oh my god i've got the fucking picks for you this week it's going to help you buy a new fucking condo and an rv to boot you know mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was just looking. So what's really cool is you can go back and like you can see your history, which is cool. So, uh, admittedly, this week, this week I did get a well, this weekend actually. Uh, I'll, I'll let me, I'll tell you where I'm at. So today, are you only I, betting on hockey? So it, it depends. So it's NFL, NHL, and then um, KHL. Those are like the top three. And then if I'm feeling froggy, I'll dip into either SHL or DEL, which is Germany. Again, very degenerate behavior. I fully <laughs> understand that. Oh, welcome um, to Vegas, baby. But, you know, so again, like, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, guaranteed, you know, to win oh, you some no, money. No, no, but no, no, if, no, no, but no. if you, you know, if you feel compelled to tail, you know, maybe I'll throw, maybe I'll throw a pick out there. See what sticks. I mean. You know, I did have a pretty good weekend. I uh, I've made, and again, you have to understand, like when I do bets, it's like five dollars here, ten dollars here, like really low. Yeah, low we're not pressure trying to break the shit. bank. We're just trying to um, uh, get an extra meal that week. But this, you know, but this week I'm net positive sixty five bucks. Oh. This weekend, sorry, this weekend. Does that does that mean you can get that extra order of curly fries at Jack in the Box? <laughs> well, so my wife asked me. She's like, "What are you buying me?" And I'm like, "Okay, you're funny." <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought I I thought you hated curly fries. I thought that was going to trigger you. No, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've become Zen with my curly fry hatred, <laughs> nice. but no, it, like, it's a really, it was a really good weekend. Like, especially like Friday, I was Friday. I was humming, you know, I was like, I was feeling it. And then basically Saturday and today were kind of a wash. All right. Um, uh, so, 
But, it, you know, I definitely, again, I, I hate sounding like a snake oil salesman, <laughs> but I definitely do feel like I'm net positive. And it's really key to mention that because people, when you talk about gambling, people love to talk about wins and losses and they say, oh, I won $200, but they don't say how Tell much they lost. Tell you that they bet 300 So whenever I, whenever I talk in gambling terms, I always say, Net positive, net negative, you know, yep. just to really kind of get you, get you know. So, like I said, this weekend, net positive, like 65 bucks. Um, last week, I, you know, let's see. Um, you know, last weekend, I was net, last weekend, I was net negative. Last weekend was a bad weekend. Um, but uh, I think what we're saying here could be a new segment for the show. Maybe. I mean, here's the thing. I don't want to inundate people all too much because I know a lot of people. Well, no, no, no. This is not going to be about gambling, but I shouldn't say that. It's not going to be a new segment for the show. It just might be a check in at the uh, at the end of the show before we leave is uh, jerk net negative, net positive this week. And he can, (laughs) you know, and he can sit there and go, hey, you know what? This week, net positive 45. Okay, everybody, if you want to follow him and learn what he's doing at hockey underscore jerk on the Twitter. Well, and so here's the here's the other thing is like when so the the website that I use, you know, like I said, it tracks your betting history, but it because of like it it tracks it by day. Right. And so I'm in kind of a weird like my I'm using air quotes here. My week is kind of a weird range, like because of when how far back my history goes and when it started my week, the beginning of my gambling week is Thursdays. Which I guess coincides with Thursday night football. Oh yeah, you, you get Thursday it, night football, then yeah, you get the Saturday college tried, and, and blah blah and, blah. And so I tried to do it that way, where it's like, you know, kind of start the gambling week off with a notable event. You sure. know what I mean? So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. So yeah, this week, yeah. So actually, no, I apologize. <laughs> Thursday night foot Thursday night football is the cap to my week. You know, Thursday night football is like the main event. I should I, I misspoke there. Sounds good. Um so yeah, like this week so far, like I said, this week, which is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if you're keeping score at home, um, net positive sixty five dollars. Last week was net negative sixty three dollars. A week ago was net positive ninety eight dollars. So you know what I mean? All right. So if you want to play so, the hockey jerk game, you know, at hockey underscore jerk on the Twitter. And, and uh, hockey from eight oh eight on Twitter as well. That's Ryan. He throws a pick out there every now and again. Well, I'm sure you're gonna uh, give him a little oh, I, a, a little retweety on that. Yeah, give him give him the jerk bump. And and it's not sponsored too. So like you're not you're not you're not gonna get any you're not gonna get any free bets by using promo code jerk or anything <laughs> like that. But. No, no. Ryan needs to start being like net positive a grand every week for, and then he can buy some space on the cast. Dude, he's. I'll tell you what. Like I don't want to speak for him, but he. He he had a, a good weekend, dude. Like, no, I I saw some of his picks. He was rolling, dude. Yeah, like he like every now and again he'll throw something out there, and I'm kind of and I'm thinking to myself like he believes it, so I'm not gonna tell him. I'm not gonna shit on it. But there's a couple where I'm like, man, you you're I, I'm like really polite. I'm like you are a lot more bullish on that guy than I am. And then, and then fucker hits it though. And then comes on like like he's been he's for for three games in a row he has gone to the Bedard one plus point well. And it keeps working. It keeps paying <laughs> off, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean, dude. So, you like, do when you pull that handle and it keeps lining up cherries and it's paying out, dude. What do you do? You keep pulling the fucking handle, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, let's see. I'll 
So See, now I'm now I'm on the spot. You have me. No, no, on. no. You don't have to give it up. We're just, we're just we're teasing that, and that's something that will uh, we again follow at hockey underscore jerk on the Twitter machine, and maybe he'll have something to uh, share next Sunday. We'll find out. Other than that, we thank you so much for listening for this first episode. Did you say eight seasons now? Yeah, this is season eight. Christ almighty. All right, so first episode of season eight. We will catch you all next Sunday, and as far as I know, next Sunday is not a takeover, so we will be here at our normal, the the same bat time, same bat channel, which means 7 p.m. Pacific. Have a great West, rest, rest, West, doesn't matter. The rest of your weekend shall be glorious over the next three hours. For those of you on the East Coast, a little later. Good night, everybody.